Well, we're also recording now. You know, we do that as well. We have a product. It's all coming back to you, huh? Mm-hmm. What's Fred doing? Is Fred not going to take part in the program? He likes no, to just kind of, he likes to ease into this, the program at the beginning, I noticed. <laughs> he's, he's, no, I'm sorry. I was just reading something. That's all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you all packed for your big trip? You've been packing? No. Oh. I'm not. No, I'm not packed yet. A few t-shirts, a few uh, pairs of shorts, and uh, I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. That's all. <laughs> what about whatever you put in your uh, bag and, you know, overnight bag and stuff, you know, like, well, you don't shave anymore, so. But all that stuff is like. You, I groom. You, I groom. Uh, yeah. And I got a little bag for that. Takes 10 okay. minutes. You know what it's like for guys. Bing, bing, yeah. bing. Yeah. Yeah. I know I've seen this place. This is a, a, well, this is a little song I was thinking no, about the other day when you were telling me you were on your way to Baltimore. Mm. Okay. And this is a, a Lyle Lovett song that I've loved for a long time called Baltimore. Oh, my goodness. And I my know goodness I've gracious me. What's that, pal? My goodness gracious me. With people all around. Did you ever like uh, Lyle Lovett? Uh, I don't dislike Lyle Lovett. I've never really gotten into Lyle Lovett. I really don't know about much about the man or his music, to be honest. I think you'd like... Well, you like that sort of Nashville vibe. I mean, he's, he's not country, but he's uh, smart, intelligent, yeah. funny, talented. Anytime you've played stuff, I've thought, oh, that's pleasant. Yeah, I'd never really gotten into his music much at all. And then I went to a concert. I can't remember. Maybe I went with Stinky. This could have been like 20, 25 years ago at Massey Hall. Right. And having never, you know, in typical... OCD fashion. I, I went from never having heard any of his music to going out in those days. I bought all the CDs, <laughs> you know, and I started putting uh, labels, Lyle Lovett labels in my special Lyle Lovett label book. Then I'll see o- on that point, are there any where, like, do do they still have stores? Like, what was it? HMV was the was that the 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 last survivor? Like, do, do they still have those stores where you walk in and it's exclusively CDs and stuff, or is that all gone? I don't even know. I don't know, Dan. Do you have the? I'm I'm, I'm sure they have sections in stores that still sell v, uh, oh. CDs and vinyl. But yeah, I, are I you asking? Is there Walmart. like a, no? But I no. Are you saying is there a dedicated music store anymore? I don't know. That's a good question. I know there's throwback vinyl stores around. Sure. Uh, but, it, yeah. you know, as far as, you know, as what we were used to uh, years ago, where you went to the store, you went to the music store. Yeah. Not I, don't, I don't even know. I haven't noticed one. There used to be one over here at my big mall, but I don't think it's there anymore. Uh, I don't have an, I, I've said this a bunch of times, I don't have anything in this house that plays CDs. Bring unto you. I think my car still has a, a disc mm-hmm. player, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't have a computer. I don't have a DVD player. Dan, I don't have a disc man. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you remember that? Like, that was like, uh, you think about you think about how ridiculous and archaic that technology is. It's like, hey, take this disc and then uh, strap it to your, you know, go for a run with it as this thing is bouncing up against, <laughs> up against your body. Like, that's insane when you think about it. It's like, well, here, take this record and run with it. 
It wasn't as heavy as a uh, cassette. Uh, no, no, I'm not talking about the weight of it. I'm just talking about the efficacy of like banging into the actual device right. that's playing the CD while you ran. Yeah, right. I used to ski with one of those. A Did lot. you really? Yeah. And they had the anti-bounce feature or whatever. Right? <laughs> that's the right. Jock or whatever. Yeah, that was the big thing. So it didn't skip while you were, like, falling on a ski hill? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I ever had a disc man. I had a walk man. I remember being on a bus from uh, Edmonton to... I can't remember if it's Cold Lake or whatever, but I had a gig north of Edmonton. It was a four-hour bus ride, and I was listening to something on my my Walkman thinking I was pretty hip. Hmm. Well, humble Howard, you can go on and on about the disc man, but I'm I, I don't know if there's anything more ridiculous than the eight track, honestly. No, I know true. it's a different application yes. and what what have you, but yeah. when you want to talk about the fact that you go over a bump. Oh yeah. Or it would switch tracks halfway through a song. Like, <laughs> That's what right. What is the point? I know. Of all the formats, I agree with you, Fred. I never even had one. I I never I never had a car with one of them. Uh, my parents had one, and yeah. it was like this is stupid. <laughs> I don't think I had a car with one, but I think I had a car that had a cassette player. Yeah. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. sure. And that was kind of the next uh, generation up from the A track. Yeah. And then after the cassette, they had uh, when you when they went to CDs, you could take your disc man, and then they had those you know sort of. Uh, you plugged them in the cassette player somehow, and it would like go through the cassette deck in your car, so you wouldn't have to buy a new cassette deck. So you could somehow work out a way of getting your disc man into your uh, into your car system. Yeah. Um, also dumb. You know, I often play this game of you know, ten, twenty years, thirty years ago. If we'd have thought ahead, would we have ever been able to dream what we have today? Remember making cassettes, so you would get your record player. Right, mm-hmm. and yeah. you would play it a song on your record player, and somehow funnel it into your cassette. You record it on your cassette <clears throat> so that you could play it in your car. And how just just think about that process, you know. And then you would get like a forty-five minute cassette, forty-five minutes on each side, and how long that would take, you know, to have a selection of songs. And compare that now. Can you imagine back in that day going through that process, which was bulky and time consuming and everything, and, and thinking ahead to what we have now with Spotify and everything? Oh, no. Like no. it would have just it been like a fantasy. Like, come on. Every song ever recorded in your hand, just touch a button. Well, I, I, well I think about it like, so you, you went back to like recording uh, from a, a record to a cassette. I remember the first walk, not the first one, the first um, iPad and how big it was. Not, I'm sorry. What am I thinking of, Dan? iPod. The iPod. Mm -hmm. The first iPod and how big it was. And I think the first one held, I'm not sure if a thousand songs, but hundreds of songs. And I remember how mind blowing that was. And then there was the mini and you're walking, but still think about it. You nano. Were, nano, you were walking around with a separate device. Mm-hmm. Did I have this conversation with you two? And I, I was watching a movie the other day and, and in the movie, and it was in the mid 2000s, but people were still taking pictures, but they were taking pictures with their digital cameras. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and it's kind of the same thing. You think about how we used to walk around thinking it was cool that we had these little iPods. Mm-hmm. And now, and these digital cameras, and now it's just all in. You know, our, our, the the phones all three of us have are more powerful than any computer we had uh, 
you know, 20 years ago. Oh, yeah. This is a, what I like a lot of the stuff we use today. You wouldn't even have dreamed of. You wouldn't even have thought about it. And here it is. I remember years and years ago when remember MP3 players first came out. Yeah. Those were the original iPod things. I remember one Christmas, Delisa's uncle was really frustrated because he bought his young sons at the time MP3 players. And he thought they worked like cassette players where somehow you could just get the music onto the MP3 player directly. He he wasn't aware that it it, it involved like a computer and moving the file over onto the M3, MP3 yeah. player. And I think a lot of people were like that. <laughs> just didn't understand the technology and how frustrated he was. Well, what is this? What is this? Not being able to understand, like needing a computer to make this thing work was uh, a little beyond him. And, 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 you know, speaking of MP3 players, and this was at the edge, and I, and again, I had this flash memory of you and I being given promotional MP3 players. They weren't iPods. Yes. They were like knockoffs, mm-hmm. but strictly MP3 players. And I, and again, I remember at the time I had a rudimentary computer and, and having those thoughts, like, how do I get the music mm-hmm. onto this? But all this started with Dan asking if you'd packed. <laughs> and so the last nine minutes started with, have you packed to go to Baltimore? I played Lyle Lovett. And now we're talking about MP3 players. That's what people love about this show. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, anyone listening, uh, I just like to ask, how are the first few bites of the Humble and Fred show tasting? <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Dan. I've been waiting 24 hours for that callback. <laughs> All right, Billy. Very good. Sorry, that's uh, Charlie's dog. It's anytime yeah. I raise my voice, which is often, she and Stan start to bark because she's not sure what's going on. Wow. Anyway. <laughs> so, anyway. That's my how that's are the first household experience. Oh, yeah. How are the first few bites, uh, everybody? Hope you're enjoying the, the program so far. Tony Clement is going to be our guest in a, a little while. I rewatched the Pierre Polyev Wood video, and I watched it all the way through. Mm-hmm. I watched every minute of it, Fred. Mm-hmm. And I can't say there weren't some good points, but at about the 350 mark, he starts bringing up freedom and, and uh, you know, people, you know, not being allowed to say certain mm-hmm. words and banning certain books and yeah, I uh, I watched, uh, I revisited his little walk with that James Top guy, the military guy who was walking for freedom across the country or something. You know, the James Top who appeared on Jeremy McKenzie's YouTube show, you know, where they talked about bringing down the government and we need gallows on Parliament Hill. I yeah. saw that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I saw that. Holy fuck. Well, we're going to have that conversation with our friend Tony Clement. As always, it'll be a civil discussion. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, people know us. We're nothing if not civil. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we are. We're very civil. It's just, you know, here in Canada, we got to nip this shit in the bud. We just got to. We got to. Don't let it get out of control. But anyway, we'll save that for Tony. Uh, see, there's a big death in the news today, Howard. And I know it will. It'll hit you. Vin Scully is dead. Did you see that? I didn't see that. 94 years old. Vin, eh? Yeah. You talk about comfort food when it came to sports casting. Unbelievable. Yeah, and a long career. I loved Vin Scully. 
Oh, um, how, how can, can you, you not? not love how Vince? can you not love Vince? Thank you. Mm-hmm. He's one of those guys we'll not see the likes of uh, him again. You know that type of broadcaster, versatile, could do it all. But what is he? What what, what is the is uh, baseball the sport he's most associated oh, yeah. he was with? Voice yeah. of the Dodgers for right. like sixty seven years or something. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and he was the last guy to do it on his own. Yes, um, although more and more clubs, including the Blue Jays now, are going to the one-man booth. Not because the person in the booth is wildly talented like Vin Scully was, because it means they don't have to hire two people. Unfortunately, that's the situation. But, uh, you know, Vin Scully, the thing about Vin Scully for me is when I first was getting into sports and, and wanted to be a sportscaster, you know, he was not only voice of the of the Dodgers, but, you know, he was like NBC voice for Major League Baseball on Monday nights or whatever it was. And he did football and he did uh, all other sports. And, you know, just that classy, classy delivery of his. And, uh, yeah, 94 years old, voice of the Dodgers for 67 years old. Just another one of those guys that uh, is gone. Although he beat the average uh, age of... uh, the North America man by a good 10 years. Yeah, no kidding. On him. Yeah. And, 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 you know, it's, it's funny you brought that up because he was broadcasting. And again, I there's two things I wanted to address, Dan, that what, what we just said about the one man, the one man booth. Like, that's right. really if you think about it, nine innings of baseball, mm-hmm. you're you're the person calling the action. And usually you have another person and in baseball. That other person's really important because you're sort of having a three and a half hour conversation and you're filling in the blanks. Vince Scully was one of those guys that could do that on his own. So not only is he calling the action, but he's also painting the pictures and putting things in perspective for 162 games a year. Mm-hmm. And, and the second point I wanted to make is I think that's what kept him young because he kept on doing oh, sure. it. Sure. Well into his uh, 80s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He retired in 2016, so born in 27, so do the math. He did it till he was 89 years old. <laughs> and, and I see that a, bar- a parallel, Dan, to what we're doing here. Why wouldn't we be doing this in our 80s? What else are we going to do, Dan? I agree. There's Thank no you. There's no reason to stop now. <laughs> no. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Considering we're alive, considering we're thank you, we're providing this kind of gold every day, right? And really, it's just as you know, so you guys live longer. Exactly. I think everyone. Well, my, I talked to my brother Edmonton Steve yesterday, and he was uh, happy to have us back broadcasting our little show again. He has just spent the last month in Montreal. Uh, just for laughs, of course, he's back in Edmonton. Happy to see his grandbabies, as you can imagine. Um. But he said this. He said, you guys, or people will hate me for saying this. He said, you know what? Your show sounded great yesterday. I said, thanks, because Edmonton Steve loves the show. And he said, you guys are providing, how did he put it? You guys provide a great service. And I said, thank you. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> oh, I didn't want to listen. I just wanted to take the compliment. I didn't want to question. Yeah, but he says we're providing a service. Um. I don't want to just, you know, I didn't know no, what that no, meant. No, no, don't question that. <laughs> no. It might be discounted. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's like that service you guys get that sucks out your shit tanks. <laughs> it's a good service. It's essential. <laughs> you know what I would say? 
you talk about longevity as well. Maybe what's that saying? Uh, slowing down makes you old, or you get old by slowing down. Whatever it is, we got to keep doing it. Maybe we should. We'll pledge to do this show until one of us dies of natural causes. Just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. And then the end date will be when one of us just, you know, well, he was 86. He died okay. last night. Okay. You know? I, I, I'm just curious, though, because you put what? in the natural causes clause. <laughs> he put that in because Why? because that would so would that discount one of us, perhaps, you know, ending their own existence sooner. Or of an unnatural cause. Of an unnatural like cause. Accident. Yeah. Well, you know what I'm saying, guys. Uh, I do. I'm I just do, talking, do. you know, barring yeah, yeah, something yeah. catastrophic or horrible happening. Just <laughs> until we literally die of old age, one of us. And that's that will be the end of it. I'm, I'm in. in yeah, I would, I'm, listen, I, I'll do this. I'll do this as long as you want to do it. I've got two older brothers. One is uh, Edmonton and Steve is, I think, the same age as you, 66. My mm-hmm. other brother, Dave. Smart Dave is uh, 70. And both of them, like Stephen just spent the last month working away from his families. You know, he, he right. Well, I don't th- I don't know if I, we talked about this, but he got COVID. He had to spend all about, you know, a week and a half in an apartment. And, and, and even though he was tired and he was telling me yesterday, you know, it's good to be home. But I know that doing that job and doing jobs in general help keep both of my older brothers engaged. And, and I think that's a, I think that's important, I, and I'm being serious. I think all these guys I know that's have been retired now, these golf guys, and all they do is golf in Canada, and then they go to golf in Florida, and they come back and golf in Canada. Like, I don't know that I could do that. What no, I, wonder, I wonder if there's a microphone system, you know, integrated into a gurney so that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll just wear headset mics in those days when right. those days come. Well, years ago, I did the show laying down when I was having my back problems from my house and remember that that mojo they brought that big recliner in for me for a little while yeah those are pretty crazy times those were crazy times crazy times um 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 i've um, got i've got a subject matter that's going to take some unpacking as the kids like to say so why don't you uh say what you wanted to say go we talked about untimely death catastrophic you know not dying of age I've had this thing, and I experienced it again last night. You know, once you get off, like, the 407-401, the two-lane highway in Ontario leading to cottage country, more and more while I'm on these highways, I'm just, I'm having this thing, like, you know how easy it is for somebody to just drift over and hit you head on? Like, just think about that. It's two lanes, and, and it's really busy, the traffic all the time. And I never used to think of it, uh, think about it. But now I think, you know, with devices and people being... You know, distracted and everything. The whole time I'm driving now, like Highway 28 from Burley Falls down to wherever I meet up on a four-lane highway, I'm just like overly cautious now of somebody drifting over and hitting me head on. Mm-hmm. I and get it. It's unset. And I'm being it's serious. Unner- I know. Here. I know you are. I know it's unnerving. And, and it, it, it's, I'm finding it a bit unsettling. I'm thinking this is. I'm getting a little too obsessed with this, but. Because I know even myself with the stuff you have, your phone, you know, and your, uh, how easy that is. And I'm just surprised that I know there are a lot more accidents that way on these two-lane highways, but it's uh, it's just something I think about a lot lately. I think it's only natural. You know, it's like, 
don't know if you remember this from years ago, but there was a time in my life when I was worried that I would, I had this phobia where if I, I thought if I went around a corner, yeah, there somebody, <laughs> there was going to be somebody with a, a two by four or a plank just oh, waiting to smack you. me in the head. <laughs> this is, it's funny. I think that, that's of a different level. No, I, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> it reminded me of that. This was around uh-huh. 2016, 2017 when I was making my triumphant return to stand up, you know, like Chappelle. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, yeah, I had this bit where I said, for reasons I can't explain it, and it was true. I used to have this sort of weird fear that I would come across, I come around the side mm-hmm. of a building and mm-hmm. I would always peek around the corner just in case. Whack! Somebody um, was there with a two by four, but, but seriously, but there's, that, there's that whole yeah. thing too about subjects like that where you know if I think about it, it probably won't happen. If I wasn't thinking about it or I wasn't expecting it, it should sure. happen. But if I'm always thinking this is going to happen, then you're, maybe it won't exactly because you're reverse yeah. like you're super like a triple yes. reverse. Yes, I'll say this because I just did that drive down twenty eight when I left your place mm-hmm. uh, visiting you two sweet gentlemen. And I know what you mean. You know, you get a... Because as soon as you're off the four lane, and there's that a little mm-hmm. bit of a clip down to seven or whatever it wants you to do. But yes. I, I have I had this conversation recently. I'm more unnerved, to be honest with you, by um, being hit by a moose. Are and, you hitting a moose? Or me hitting a moose. And, yeah. and, and here's the thing. I don't <laughs> yes. think those signs... And I think maybe I've done this joke with you guys before. You know, they have this caricature of a deer or a moose... And the words night danger. Mm-hmm. And I have this bit that, and the thing is, I'm just going to, you guys can see the paws on the deer are very sort of like, you know, hey, everybody, yes. sort of yes. happy, like the sleeping uh-huh. night danger. Yes. I don't think that yeah. says night danger. What it should be is an angry, scowling picture of a moose coming through yeah. your windshield. That right. would make you pay more attention than this yeah. prancing, everybody, night danger. It's not dangerous enough, is what I'm saying, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, have you ever hit a deer? I haven't, but I, and I will tell you, the time I drove from uh, when Rachel and I were at that cottage and we drove down to visit you guys, and then we drove home, it was an hour north of you, the entire time, I was on alert for night danger. Mm-hmm. I find that very unnerving. Uh, I, I, two or three, four years ago. I was going down to get some gas down 28, and this was mid-morning. A guy had just hit a deer mid-morning, and the damage it did to the car, it was amazing. You know what the problem is with the moose, too? They're tall enough that you take their legs out, and then their their body comes over the top of your car and crushes you. Oh, yeah. Oh, is that what happens? They don't come yeah. through the windshield and, and decapitate mm-hmm. and you with deer their Deer can do that, too, depending on their size, but they do a lot of damage, and... Uh, to see the deer after it had been hit by this car a couple of years ago it was just so so tragic and sad. But yeah, a lot of people have died from hitting deer and moose on highways. No doubt about that. Uh, and and to my point now, because it's such an actual danger, I think they need to up the their prancing uh, caricature of a deer moose because I don't oh, think I that's, believe so. Yeah, I don't I think that's scary do. enough. Mm-hmm. So it needs to be fierce and yeah, uh, yeah. like fierce and a picture of it crashing through your windshield. Um, right. okay. I don't know if uh, I don't know if I have time now to uh, get into this subject where I was going to. I maybe later. I'm going to. We, well, because we've got emails, we've got to start the show. 
uh, maybe toward the end of the show where I will juxtapose the fact that the three of us, and it kind of started with a little conversation that you and I were having about these uh, people. The anti-vaxxers seem mm-hmm. to be the only ones that <laughs> know. know anybody that's mm-hmm. died from the vaccine. He even got sick. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, the, the only thing I know, and you express this yeah. too, Freddie, is that I know a few people whose arms, myself included, yeah. my shoulder was sore. I know one person that got a little bit sick, like significant enough to be noted, like, oh, yeah, a couple of days of the flu and not feeling well from the vaccine. A- after getting the vaccine. After getting the vaccine. No, same here. I've had um, people, yeah, the day after I felt a bit <laughs> off, but I was fine. That's the extent of it. Right. And you and I, you know, in our position, we have a network of people, seriously, that more than the average person. Like, literally, we know hundreds of people, and we have lots of people connected to our social media, that you'd think we'd get the odd story of someone that it's died from the vaccine? Zero. Anyway. Well, think about We know Dan Duran, and Dan Duran is, has kind of, the kind of fame... He's got, mm-hmm. And so think about the degrees of separation, hundreds of thousands of people and not one person in our sphere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, later on the show, I will juxtapose the idea that COVID somehow is like the podcast award nominating committee and it also hates us. Are you sure you don't want to do that now? No. <laughs> well, let me just say this. So, my daughters both have had COVID. Charlie's had it a couple times. Probably another time and a half where Charlie thought she might have it, didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, I know a bunch of guys our age that have had it. My buddy Fraser. I could name a bunch. Uh, You know some people that have had COVID. But to this point, you and I and Dan, I don't know about Darren, Fred no. Ball, all the Dave White, all these guys. I don't. We haven't had it yet. No. So, is that? Is, do we have some kind of super immunity, or, or, is it in fact a ho- in fact a hoax after all? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Hey. Yeah. I haven't had it. You haven't had it. What are the chances the three of us, considering all the people we know? Yeah, and and by the way, none of our siblings, Rachel, uh, X Ray, uh, X. What am I calling her now? X G F R E G F. But none, no, nobody we know, even at that level, have had it. I, I don't know. I, yeah, it's a great point. Maybe we have had it because I'm I, I'm of the belief as well. Um, why not to throw it out there that I think the vaccine works maybe on different levels on different people oh and, doubt. and maybe we're the type of people that i've had for and um it covers me and protects me more than it might the next guy that's had four for whatever reason mm-hmm. um that's one of my theories or that we've had it and you know maybe a couple of days where you were you maybe felt a bit off or you really didn't even notice any symptoms but maybe we had it well that's what i i think i've had it um and i'll tell you the the week of the tournament where i was in uh, port elgin i think and then i went up to up to uh, where is that up to lake huron and that week i felt like i was getting 
a sore throat for a couple of days. I never felt like fluish or I never felt like I had a bad cold, but I definitely started to feel like I was getting symptomatic and I tested myself and I tested negative. Mm -hmm. But then later in that week is when I started having these symptoms. Now, here's my thing. So we haven't had COVID. COVID obviously has an issue with the Humble and Fred show. Mm -hmm. We've been doing a podcast. The first one was at Dan's Place in in the year of our Lord, 2005. Mm -hmm. We started doing it for a living in 2011, as people know. The legend has it. Mm -hmm. And now we are, you know, somewhere well into the late 2000s of doing a podcast. Thousands of episodes. Right. And yet... There is this thing, the podcast awards, and there's no, there's nothing, there's no way we're ever going to get a nomination. Uh, And once again this year, I just, and here's the only way I know there have been nominations is because our very good friends and fine podcasters taking nothing away from them, Larry Fedorik, Paul Romanek. You know who else is? I think maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he'll tell us today. I think uh, Toronto Mike has even been snubbed. The great Toronto Mike. Anyway, I thought I'd bring it up because I thought, are the podcast awards like COVID? Everyone else has gotten one except for us. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's just a little soldier community that looks after itself, to be honest, which is fine. You know, Did, did you submit a show? To the uh, yeah, Dan, you have to submit. Dan, <laughs> Dan, Details, Dan, Dan that's not the way we work here in the humble and Fred sphere. Pretty sure all those award shows yeah. take submission. Well, a submission period. Yeah, right? but this, well, 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 Dan, well. this show is above submission. <laughs> I know. No, didn't Amanda Barker yeah, yeah, submit a couple our show years a couple ago, of yeah. times? Yeah, they wanted no part of us. Yeah. They want to know, anyway. you know why? Because we have things like this. The piss report. Yeah, you see, <laughs> you, you can't have, uh, you can't have that or. Hey man, just want to let you know that sometimes you got to shut the fuck up. You gotta shut the fuck up. And this current time is just one of those times you got to shut the fuck up. Okay, let's get started, Dandoran. Uh-huh. This episode of Hubble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the Hubble and Fred studios in Toronto, from Brampton, and from the lusty shores of Lovesick Lake. And is brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, Health Gauge, and DraftKings. And now here are two men who are trying to decide which stairway chairlift is right for them. As seen on TV in beige, it's Humble and Fred. Uh, you know, maybe we should do that one year. We should actually find... I don't even think there's a category that would include us. But I just feel... I feel like the podcast award committee should just somehow... There's got to be a recognition, Dan. Like something. Yeah, well, let's uh, find a category that's right for you. And, <laughs> and start submitting something. Yes. Or doing a, do a show that's very specific to the category. Like, I don't know, if it's comedy, then maybe do some comedy on this show. Oh, well, yeah, we should try you that. can't do that. Come on, Dan. Hey, Dan. man. Why you got to be that way? Right. Why you got to be that way, Danny? Yeah. Da, da, da. Anyway, quickly, story in the news as well, tied to COVID. 
yesterday the Major League Baseball trade deadline. The Jays, right at the deadline, right around six uh, six o'clock, trade for Whit Merrifield uh, from the uh, Kansas City Royals. Now. Uh, this guy is a second baseman, outfielder, utility guy, all-star a couple of years ago. Pretty good player. But a couple of weeks ago when Kansas City came to Toronto, he couldn't come with them because he's an anti-vaxxer, refused to get the vaccine. Because, you know, it's uh, his choice. So the Jays have traded for this guy. Now the question is, is he just going to play for the Jays when they're on the road in the United States? Or is he going to come around and get a vaccine? Why would you Why would you trade for a guy, an anti-vaxxer, when he can't get in the country in which your team plays? Very bewildering. That was the first question I asked you. Uh, you told me that yeah. off the air. I was like, well, why? They must. There's no way they sign a guy to only play on the no. road. So maybe he's going to grow up a bit, you know. And uh, get himself a vaccine. You know, of course, it could kill him. But um, yeah, it's that's got to be the only explanation. But they asked Ross Atkins, the general manager, just afterwards, "Have you talked to him about a vaccine?" He said, "No, this all came together uh, pretty quickly, so I don't have that detail." So it's all very bewildering. Point being, it's going to be interesting to watch this unfold over the next few days because even if he gets vaxxed, right? Fully vaxxed in Canada means at least two, which means at least a month, right? Wouldn't that be at least a month? Uh, between you one uh, and then one you got to wait a month. More than that. Well, more yeah, than I think that. it is more than that. Isn't it, Dan? Isn't it? I, I, I can't remember like, now, but it's not. Yeah, I think it's like two, three weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So, at fellows. Least it's, it's longer than that. Very bewildering, fellows. It is, That's fellows. That's all I have yeah. to say about that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Dan's news will be coming up. We're going to try and fit in some emails before Tony, but if not, and there's not that many. There's just a couple that were very, very nice. People are very uh, complimentary, and uh, it seems like the less shows we do, the more people appreciate what we're doing. Well, I don't know what that says, but let's start off, Frederick, uh, if we can, and you uh, would take the lead on this, obviously, and thank these fine folks for being part of the program. Yes, thank you, Bodog. Uh, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker, or a casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds, world-class sports book, and their feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994 go to bodog it's all there every sport you can think of all sorts of angles that you can wager lots of fun that's your bodog uh before i tell you about uh, go daddy let me tell you about this daddy toronto mike who is uh, dropping off the kids uh, just checked in on facebook and he says for what it's worth i did nominate humble and fred for these podcast awards this kid you know what i gotta tell you we've had a lot of great producers and this mike is uh He's a gem. You know what a gem is? He's a gem. Like he, he, he didn't run that by us. He just went and did it. He says, uh, the awards are not very transparent. No idea who is behind them or who mm-hmm. decides on the nominees, etc. So, yeah. As I said, it's a circle jerk. It's a little community. That Fine. But what about Mike? What about Toronto Mike and his dedication to this program? No, I know. It's fantastic. And not only beyond that, he's a, he's a decent nice human being yeah you know mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell <laughs> I don't know yeah, what the hell <laughs> I don't know 
I don't know what the hell, man. Uh, I can tell you, beside Mike, uh, this program is also brought to you by GoDaddy, powering small business and entrepreneurs for over 25 years and servicing over 20 million customers worldwide. That's a lot of customers. GoDaddy is where people come to get a domain, create a website or a domain, if you're pronouncing it correctly. Uh, everything else you need to get your business online. If you have a great idea for a small business or side hustle, maybe it's an idea you've been dreaming about and sitting on for a while. Maybe it's an online store you've been wanting to finally launch and start selling your products. Well, there's no better time than now to get it online. You can find your domain, create your... Well, stop saying it that way. Create your website with GoDaddy and finally bring it to life. You know, I'm a professional broadcaster. By the way, this is... Uh, What's uh, 1977 to 2020? Is it uh, 45 years? 45 years, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, GoDaddy's free and friendly 24-7 phone support. They're also here to help you every step of the way. You can start your website for free. If you haven't figured out that by now, go to GoDaddy and try it out. No credit cards even required. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. Hey, I know you like uh, this artist, and I, missed, I don't want to get into this because I want to do some emails, but I was thinking of you. Uh, I was watching a little bit of the Shania Twain documentary. Oh, on yeah. uh, Netflix. It's a, you know, as an actual product, it's not the greatest documentary, but what it is, is a reminder of just how, well, okay, sorry. I'm going to tell you just not only how talented she is, but also how juicy. <laughs> there was a time there in the, the oh. late 90s, early 2000s, she was making all these videos with the midriff oh. thing and just a, a a, a particularly beautiful woman uh, at the time, you could say that. But also a reminder, Fred, of just how many records that woman sold in a row. She had three albums mm-hmm. in a row that were br- br- uh, record-breaking. Three diamond, I think that signifies five million sold, but some like some ridiculous yeah. amount of records sold in a very short time. And she had three <laughs> amazing albums in a row at the same time being a juice factory. That uh, video, man, I feel like yes. a woman. Is that where she's sort of out in the desert wearing the leopard skin? Yes, yes. Sort of disrobes a bit. Yes, she does. That, that, that video got a guy to thinking. <laughs> And, you know, her, uh, an amazing story, too. Like, she used to sing in a bar, like, in Halliburton, like, oh, yeah. every Thursday night or something. And somehow has discovered or went to Nashville and met up with, what was his name? Mutt, Mutt Lang, Lang, man. And, uh, and, the, and the rest is history. She was... She's, uh, she's worth hundreds of Hundreds millions, of millions, right? yeah. Um, yeah. Lives in Switzerland. Um, tragically, I did not know this, that her parents, both her parents, died. Yeah. In a car crash, and, on and a her, two lane highway in Ontario. Night danger! <laughs> night danger! What oh, here this? we are laughing, but it's true. Oh, look, this, does this mean night danger to you? No, it doesn't. Um, but her parents, her mom in particular, was the one that encouraged her and took her to bars when she was like a kid, like mm. 10, 12, yeah. singing yeah. in bars. And her and yeah. and what was sad, and I, again, I didn't know this is that her parents never got to see even any inkling uh-huh. of the the superstar that she was to become Fred. No, I know. It's a great story and she's very talented and uh yeah, it really is. You know, and really she broke before the internet, right? It would have been 
early 90s? Yeah, late, no, mid, yeah. mid to late 90s, early 2000s. And then she had this, uh, just wrap this up. Mm-hmm. She, had a, she got bit by a tick. She's horseback riding. Mm-hmm. Oh. Gets Lyme's disease. Right, 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 right. And it right. affects her of all the things that you could get, uh, all the things that can sting you out in nature. Mm-hmm. This particular thing, which is not a, nothing to be a joke about, Lyme's disease, but it affects her throat. Mm. And it affects her vocal cords. Of all, you know, mm. again, one of the biggest uh, artists of all time. And it takes her years to relearn how to use her vocal cords. And that's kind of why she disappeared. Her and Mutt mm-hmm. divorce. Mm-hmm. And, and now as an older woman, I, I don't know what her age would be, probably early 50s, but she looks great still. Has you know a little bit of work done, you know. Mutt left her for her best friend. That's right. And then she ended up marrying the husband of the best friend. Yeah, who went with Mutt? That's Crazy, sort of a weird situation. Eh? Yeah. And last thing about it, again, I don't know. I, it's hard to tell if she's had what she's had done. But there's a scene in this documentary where she's singing, and this is within recent times, like in the last few years, singing mm-hmm. a duet with Lionel Richie, who has had some kind of procedure that looks like he's added softballs into his face. He looks claymation. He does. He, he looks like exactly. Yes. 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 Claymation. <laughs> I, I just, I don't know if anyone, I, I don't know what, and there's a shot of him as a younger man. He looks completely different now. And I don't know what would have possessed him to push these, you know, I'm sorry, softballs, the wrong image. It's like a scoop of, of tuna. Has been placed two scoops of tuna. Yeah, <laughs> been placed. I know what you're saying into yeah. his face. Doesn't make any sense. All right. Well, we're gonna have to do emails at the end. That's fine. We got Tony Clement here, and uh, you know, it's time to do this. We got to get her done. Oh, he's he's oh. in Brampton today. Oh, uh-huh. official. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, well, let's start off as we often do with uh, introducing our guest is the uh, former assistant to the regional director of Canada, known as the prime minister. He is uh, a former minister of health. The guy is, uh, when it comes to politics, he's got crazy credibility. And yet, time and time again, he subjects. Oh, oh, look at this. Oh, oh look at this. He's wearing the shirt because he's heard I'm that. We're, he's heard some things. <laughs> he's trying to soften us up. He's wearing the humble and Fred T-shirt. Those were nice T-shirts. Though. Yeah, that's right. They were. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we should get some new ones with the new logo. Hmm. Yeah, that would, but that would involve effort and a meeting or two. <laughs> well, we could do that. It's just distributing them. We used to give them out when people visited the studio, and that doesn't happen anymore. Uh, he is also just, the- just give them directly to Goodwill. You know, just eliminate the format. <laughs> Hang on a second, there, Minister. Uh, he's also the host of and another thing podcast. And a fun fact here: his Rock and Shindig radio show is a monthly fixture on Muskoka's Hunter Bay Radio. And he's a friend of this program. And we say hello to Tony Clement. Hello, gentlemen. This, uh, you know, when I do this night danger, I don't think that's dangerous enough, enough up there. I, I was up in the Muskoka's recently. I see those yeah. signs everywhere. That doesn't mean danger. That means pran- That means prancer. One of the uh, freaking reindeer. 
<laughs> one one of these guys used to put the red dot on the nose of those signs too. That was <laughs> That's great because yeah. they do look like dancing reindeer. Um, <laughs> but is, did you, I don't know if you heard our discussion. Whenever I don't go up north, obviously as much as you guys, but whenever I am up there, especially at night, I'm very aware that that can happen. And yeah. as Freddie described, it happens so fast that you know. If it happens, you're likely not going to uh, come out of it in a very good outcome. I had one run in front of me one night, like just a little bit in the distance. And that's very unsettling because, again, it's like a flash. They like it's like they drop out of the sky. They're just there all of a sudden. Yeah. Yep. Weird. I've I've hit a deer and I've also hit a moose. Oh, you've hit them both. Wow. Yeah. Is that yeah, like a yeah. Muskoka bingo card where you get to cross that off? <laughs> so <laughs> no, it's not how fun. much damage, Tony? Like two different occasions. Wow. Yeah. The moose, uh, uh, I had no windshield left. Uh, my uh, left uh, w- uh, rear view mirror was gone. And uh, the, basically the, the, the left side of the uh, vehicle was uh, was crushed, but I could still drive it. And it was... I, I kid you not. It was the day before I was trading in the vehicle for a new vehicle. Come oh, on! So mm-hmm. I, I I literally drove that thing in. It was like one of these wobbling jalopies into the mm-hmm. uh, into, into the dealership. Said, "Oh, here's your trade in." <laughs> Did you kill the moose? Because you take out their legs, right, and then the carcass ends up on your hood, or what? It didn't no, kill I it. I think I, I think I hit it ass backwards, so I, I kind oh. of propelled it forward. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Hey, and what about fine. the deer? You. No, uh, that was gone. No, it was that gone. Was, yeah, mm. yeah, very sad. But, but uh, wasn't it scary? Like when you, when the impact has got to be frightening. Yeah, and like I remember, I can tell you exactly what song was on the radio, and uh, I had both hands on the wheel for that moose. Uh, I was going through Algonquin Park, coming back from Ottawa, coming back from uh, hearing, uh, watching uh, President Obama address the Parliament. Is actually that. That mm-hmm. night, mm-hmm. Uh, after that address, and uh, you know, I was alert. But you're coming around a bend, and it's eleven thirty at night. Yeah, Algonquin Park. And That's you what I mean. Yeah. Did, could you still hear Obama's voice in your head? I hit a moose, Tony Clement. <laughs> hit a moose. No, I, it was mostly myself. I, I had a, a one of these out of body experiences where I could hear myself screaming as I was hitting. Yeah, no, what was the song on the radio? Uh, it was uh, that. Um, oh, now now I'm forgetting. But it, it, it was uh, it was one of these poppy songs. I can't okay. remember exactly. All right, well, yeah, that how, narrows how it down. Were, how fast were you going when you hit the moose and the deer? Uh, I was. Uh, well, the the deer was not that fast. It was probably about sixty kph. Oh, and the, awesome. the moose was it was eighty kph. Oh, okay. Wow. Uh, are you, was it something like this? The moose song by Big Head Todd and the Monsters. <laughs> While we're listening to this, uh, before we get to politics, what is this uh, cockamamie golf challenge you and your co-host have been, you know, yes, well, you know shouting at me? Jody Jenkins on yes. that Another Thing podcast uh, is, uh, he's very, uh, he is a golf agent for a number of players as well, and uh, he's into the golf scene. And uh, he thought it would be fun to, to challenge you guys uh, to uh, around uh, whenever you're available. We would uh, love that. Different two different podcasts doing uh, having a round, and the winner would get uh, bragging rights as well. I, I'd, I'd offer one of my and another thing podcast mugs as well. Um, well, I'll tell you what. I will take Freddie as my partner. He and I will take you and uh, Agent Jody on. 
Um, of course, uh, we'll distribute uh, the handicap system, and we're not talking about special needs here. Non-golfers are talking about, but we'll, it'll all work out. And I'm, I'm telling you, my Freddie here. You know what we'll do? We'll have a little fun game. We'll make it a scramble. Okay. Oh, oh. Can okay. Jody play? Yeah, he can play. I, I, I rarely, I rarely score under a hundred. I want to, I want to make that pretty clear. And this well, is going to be perfect. Advantage Humble and Fred because you and I would be equal probably, and Howard, I'm sure, is better than Jody. Okay, mm. I think I think he is, but it's it it might be close. To you Jody never know, but that's why you never know. You, you never, never know, know any given day, right? Exactly. Yeah. But that's why what we'll do and talk this over with Jody because I think it would be fun. Yeah, it's, you know, because the idea is we want to all get together and have a nice time. So I think we we do a, a format where both we all tee off. And then you go to the best drive and hit in from there. It'll make mm-hmm. the round quicker. It'll, you know, right. uh, and uh, I think Jody would enjoy it. And that way it'll be it'll be really a team event, because if it's really if it's better ball, then, you know, likely uh, it's going to be me against everybody. So let's not do that. Okay. Um, so that's good. Let's set that date up. And remember that we're having a civil conversation here, Tony. Okay. I, I, this is this is the best part of the interview, isn't it? This is all the we're just fluffing right now. We're doing a little fluffing. We're just fluffing everything up. Freddie, did you want to say something before we uh, no, dive? I was in? just going to say if we play golf that day, I do not want to hear the word freedom. Okay, Tony, I don't want to hear the word freedom. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's no, a segue. no no f word no f words at all. Yeah, no f words and uh, mm-hmm. and and I. For everyone, we've all heard this, or I don't know if anyone's watched it all the way through. And, and full disclosure, I hadn't watched every second of this video until this morning, and I wanted to revisit it. But just in case you're not familiar, everyone, it's called, uh, I think this is called Reclaim. And it's uh, candidate Pierre Polyev making love to some wood. It's quite something. ...that became the bones of barns that dotted the countryside of Canada for hundreds of years. So let's just pause uh, and ask the first question, which is, who thought this was a good idea? <laughs> well, a lot of these ideas actually come from the candidate himself. Uh, you, you, you really, I, I would I would think that no one can think this up other than Pierre. And um, he has a kind of a different way of communicating that is not usual for politicians. And uh, I know this particular video, uh, you know, some people who are not friends of Pierre uh, were mocking and derisive of it. Mm-hmm. it. It was viewed hundreds of thousands of times by by Canadians across the country. So in that sense, uh, he's getting his message out. OK, um, and let's just be clear here. Your involvement with Pierre Pouliev is yeah. what? I'm his national fundraising director. Okay. And okay, so back to the video that Howard uh, uh, just played a portion of. Reclaim what, Tony? What what are we reclaiming? Yeah, I think this this goes to the idea that as Pierre would put it, big bossy government uh, is increasingly encroaching on our lives in in many different ways and they're doing it in a way he uses the term gatekeepers. The gatekeepers are making decisions that are antithetical not only to freedom as a concept, but also having real impact, uh, impact on your life because of inflation, impact on your life because of high housing prices, uh, high grocery bills, high gas prices. So he's saying, you know, let's let's reclaim our ability to make our own decisions. And uh, he's got some specific platform ideas on that. And uh, this will this will help everybody. 
I, I just want to say, and, I, and before Fred jumps back in, because he and I have been talking about this for a while, and as I mentioned, full disclosure, I'd never watched the whole thing until this morning. And I will say this, watching the whole thing, I kind of get what he's talking about. I kind of understand the analogy. And you know what? As political ads go or whatever you would call this, you know, it's not bad. I mean, if you watch, it's four minutes and 40 seconds. And I, and I got to be fair to it. And I'm not just saying this because I like Tony. I really watched it and I was kept waiting to find a moment in it that I could just go, oh, this is ridiculous. But he's making a point using the wood. And I think the wood is an interesting analogy, the metaphor of taking something that has been sort of used for one purpose and reclaiming it and using it in another. And, you know, as presenters go, he's not bad. Where I start to where it started to lose me, and I'm trying to get to that point in the video, is he says he's talking about how I'm not here to reinvent or to invent utopia. And again, I'm here to reclaim your freedom. And that's where Fred and I have a problem with it. As we said, what freedoms don't we have? Right. What what freedoms am I missing? Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I think the answer to that, let me, I, I can go in many different ways on this, but obviously a, a lot of it is focused on economic freedoms. But he has some specific uh, beefs with the Trudeau government when it comes to their internet uh, censorship bill, as an example, that's becoming quite controversial because uh, government is now seeking to decide what can and cannot be posted on the internet. I know you've you've had this. I think even yesterday you had a discussion about this with Ralph, uh, you know, and and uh, talking about how maybe that is necessary now. Well, I, I guess our point of view is that it is not. And so uh, that's 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 an obvious freedom versus censorship kind of thing. But a lot of what Pierre is talking about is is about the having the economic ability to survive in Canada in 2022 and beyond. And that goes to housing prices, goes to inflation, goes to some of these decisions that are being made by government that are having a huge impact, whether it's by the central bank or whether it's by uh, Mm -hmm. the Trudeau government directly. Uh, and that's what's having the most resonance, quite quite frankly. I know we talk about the, the trucker convoy and all those issues, but the thing that has really lit a fire for Pierre in the campaign has been a lot of millennials, a lot of uh, Generation Zs who are concerned about, you know, getting ahead, like your your sons and daughters, my sons and daughters, who who don't have the economic uh, advantages that we had when we were growing up. So I right. think that's the thing that is mostly resonating, I got to say. Okay, and I'll say it again. I like you. We're friends. But I'm your problem. Maybe Howard. I'm not going to speak for Howard here. I am your problem. I'm a conservative. I don't buy it, Tony. Mm-hmm. It takes, you know what? This freedom thing, you sit here and you have to explain it like economics and housing and everything. But that word freedom comes up to me as far as keeps coming back to me. It to me, that's just a dog whistle because it's so much of this mirrors what's going on in the United States. It makes me sick, actually. And, you know, when Poliev, he took that walk with James Top. Why would he do that, Tony? Why, why would he do that other than to appease that element of Canada that buys into MAGA? Yeah, I mean, I guess I'd say a couple of things. Isn't it what an odd time in the world and in Canada that freedom becomes controversial? 
You know, yeah, but who, that, 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 freedom. But it, it's an abuse of a word. I know what freedom means. Mm-hmm. Freedom yeah. means get white Canada back. That's what it means. No, no, no. Well, it does to me. It yeah, does I, to mean, me. I mean, I think that's terribly unfair. And I, I and okay. People who know Pierre know that he's not about that at all. In fact, one of his first campaign pledge of his of his candidacy was to open the doors for more immigration, so we can have uh, again gatekeepers stopping good doctors and nurses and others coming into our in our healthcare system from overseas uh, is part of the problem. So uh, you know, and and. When you look at populism around the world, uh, you know, the right wing nationalistic populism that you're concerned about, mm-hmm. all of it is based on immigration issues. And yet here in Canada, Pierre Polyev is not buying into that and is not that kind of candidate. So, um, in fact, we've had, we've had I've, I've listened to podcasts where populism experts have said, well, Pierre is kind of a populist, but he's not a populist like the U.S. populists or like the European populists, yeah. etc. It's 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 not based on uh, you know them versus us from around the world. But, but let me get, just interject, yeah, but, Howard, but, because yeah, but, I was I was I, okay. I'm just going to say here. I hope you're right, but I again I will just reiterate. I'm your problem because that's what I think, and I think there's a lot of conservatives like me that are very uncomfortable with it right now for what I had just said. So if you can, if you and Pierre can prove that's wrong, super. Yeah, because I don't. I want to be a conservative, but I wanted to give Fred some perspective there on who you mentioned because a lot of people aren't as you know tuned into that guy he was walking with. So give us some perspective, Fred. Who is the guy and why we would have trouble with him? Well, he, what is Jeremy McKenzie? And, you know, he had a YouTube video um, where he uh, talked with uh, James Top about, you know, taking, uh, bringing down the government and uh, we need gallows on uh, Parliament Hill. And uh, Top was yeah. also on his podcast and all that stuff that you hear out of the United States happening here in Canada. And again, to me, they're MAGA wannabes. Why would. Pierre Poliev want to associate with those people on any level. And, and just before you answer, sacrifice people like me. Right. And just before you answer, Tony, what I wanted Fred to yeah. explain to the audience who that guy was, yeah. because they're and that's kind of, you know, mm-hmm. he's not speaking for me, but, you know, I have similar politics. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do think that a lot of what conservatives have a problem with with Pierre Poliev is is it's because we're nervous now from what happened. Mm-hmm. Say, let's say there wasn't the last five or six years of the the movement around the world and, and of course, the states. Maybe you just look at a guy like that and go, okay, well, this is his angle. And uh, he's, got a, he's got a perspective that's a little bit different. So maybe now you can answer, Tony. Why would he associate himself or in any way have some of that stink on him? Because you have to admit, there's a little bit of that around him. Yeah, I mean, I look... Uh there were, it's so complex to to unravel what happened with the the trucker uh, convoy and protests and I, I think because people had different uh, different motivations and some people had evil motivations and some people had perfectly good motivations and and I think where Pierre is coming from, especially after the Emergencies Act was instituted by the Trudeau government, never sanctioned by Parliament by the way, uh, and took away uh, rights and liberties for what was basically a two block square area of Ottawa that was, uh, that was the problem. And, and so I think Pierre is, is, is saying that was a, an abuse of, of power. 
uh, by the Trudeau government. It was not warranted by the facts on the ground. And, you know, if we had uh, a prime minister who was willing to talk to protesters rather than jail them or put them in virtual jail by taking away their bank accounts, we'd be a better country. And what we need to do is to find ways to have better dialogue. Sure. So that these these what. You know, what Trudeau did fed the beast is what I'd say to you guys. Like, if you're if your concern is radicalization of Canadians, what Trudeau did in, in his reaction actually made the problem worse, not better. And yeah, like, I think that's what Pierre's saying. And don't believe for a second I'm defending Trudeau. I can't stand the guy. And this is part of my aggravation is that time and time again, these elections come up and we we just can't have a like a, a, a normal conservative candidate like and, and the, to me, this one, this one's off the track as well. And listen, over the next several months or next couple of years, maybe you can convince me and my attitude can change. But my flags are up. What is the strategy to you? Got, he's got the West. So what's the strategy to Ontario? How are you going to win the next election? You got to win Ontario. Or as Howard has said, you know, Quebec is probably the most racist province in the country. Is it to get? people in in quebec too by throwing out freedom and no no we're, we're getting really good uh, support in ontario uh throughout ontario but let's let's focus on the 90 what is called the 905 region right. you know right. the suburbs around toronto which are very ethnically diverse as we know we're getting huge amounts of support for pierre in the leadership right. uh, from from those areas and and those people are flocking to pierre because of his message the message is resonating and and people see the gatekeepers and the the kind of a, i guess it's been called the establishment elites or the the laurentian elites that have kind of run the country for the last 150 years and people are getting a little bit fed up with it so and, and, that's, and again, that's what he represents for a lot of people i i think taken and and again if you could somehow remove the MAGA movement and the growth of populism around the planet and just looked mm-hmm. at this guy as a candidate and and trucker convoys aside that's why i I had to start by saying i watched the entire thing and listened to what he was saying and other than some wording freedom and tearing down statues and banding you know he's saying if they can tear down all our statues and ban all kinds of words and books well i i know what he means but it's it's just a means to an end listen and and it's easy for us it's all it's always funny when another when the other side does it we think of it as you know uh propaganda when our side does it we think of it as good politics right you know what i mean like if we all agreed with the guy we go hey this is pretty clever the wood video made a good point etc so i think you know you can get some you can get some of us on board because but we've got a little bit of ptsd because of all this shit that's happened in the states well yeah yeah Yeah. is that a fair point though fred like, no, no, absolutely, Howard. That's my point. And again, I feel a bit stupid through this because you keep saying that his message is resonating with Canadians. I think I'm somewhat on top of it. I still don't know what that is. I just keep hearing freedom and you have to explain it. And when you explain it, yeah, it makes sense to me on some level, but I'm not getting it through him. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he has some specific policy ideas about, uh, you know, uh, fixing the brokenness of Canada. And, and I talked to him about this and he, he agreed mm-hmm. and he started to communicate it that, you know, Canada's kind of broken right now. Some things that we thought we mm-hmm. would always rely on, our passport uh, renewal system, our right. airports, uh, without you know, a doubt, uh, our ability to get 
uh, natural resources to markets so we can pay for our health care and our education. All of these things are broken right now. And uh, so Canada really isn't working like a G7 country should work. And, uh, you know, Pierre's on top of that saying, look, we got we to gotta do some things differently on natural resources, on carbon taxes, on, on uh, you know, making sure government sticks to its knitting and gets, gets our passports when we need them, you know, kind of elemental stuff. Yeah, just basic uh, stuff and, that we would take for granted. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, where is he? Where where is he on abortion? Oh, he's uh, he's made it very clear that uh, under his government they would not reintroduce any uh, abortion restricting legislation. Um, okay. Uh, well, fair enough. Let's just say that. Uh, Absolutely fair enough. Fair That's enough. That's why enough. we wanted to have you on. And uh, mm-hmm. two things: Are we any closer to getting the double P on the show? <laughs> yeah, I haven't even had him on my my show. So. Tony, <laughs> Tony, here's the thing. We'll play a match against you and Buddy Jody. Oh, and no. if we win, we get Polyev first. And if you guys somehow squeak out a victory, mm-hmm. you can have him first. Oh, I don't know whether I can promise that. It's, all right, you know, all right, okay. He, he's so in demand right now. Ah, it's whatever. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, the second um, thing is, I was going to no, go ahead, Fred, because I've got a. No, I was up. just going to say one other, and again, from my perspective, and I could give two shits about uh, Patrick Brown. Honestly, he's he's the mayor of Brampton, and I live in Brampton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that whole thing that came down didn't look good either. It. it it looked like they wanted to take out the competition from my perspective, yeah. whether that's true or not. That's the that that's just that's the play I gave it. Yeah, it could have been handled better. I, I think there was certainly enough evidence. Uh, there were a lot of rules being violated by his campaign and um, the uh, organizing committee for the leadership would contact Brown's campaign and say, look, can you give us some answers on we're, mm-hmm. we're get, we've got some concerns and they never really got any answers. So they had to do what they had to do. Um, most unfortunate. And now Patrick's running around 24 <laughs> seven being he's at 25 events a day in Brampton. Oh, I know, so I know, I know. He's, he's crazy busy on that front. So I, I think mm-hmm. that ship has sailed for Patrick and I, I feel badly for him, but I think it was the right decision for the party. All right. Okay. What about this uh, contentious issue? You may have heard that once again, Humble and Fred snubbed by the podcast award nominating committee. What about and another thing podcast? Have you been award uh, uh, given a nomination? No, we've actually awarded ourselves. Awards, <laughs> Did you? But, we, but really, we're 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 trending in Ghana still. I had one one of our guests was a was a an up and coming female politician in Ghana. So we're uh, according to Chartable, we're really big in Ghana right now. But other oh, than I that, I love that. Yeah. Well, listen, man. Congratulations for another fine, humble, and Fred appearance. Talk to your boy Jody. We'll set something up. Where are we going to play in the GTA? Wherever you guys want. He's in Belleville. I'm in Muskoka. We can play in GTA. Whatever works for you guys. Uh, yeah, we could find... We could maybe uh, we'll find a place where it's easy for all of us to get to. Maybe... Um, is it easy for you to get to Barry? Because I can set something up there. Barry is fine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and another thing, podcast, of course, uh, Tony Clement, the... Uh, He's in charge of campaign finance or something. I don't even know what that means. Director, national director, director of fundraising. with fundraising. We need one of those. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Tony, of course, uh, is also our Gig Sky guest of the day. Thanks, Tony. 
Thanks, Thanks Tony. Thanks for having the balls to come on the show and answer Tony all Clement. those questions. No worries. All right. Tony Clement, everybody. Good fella. All right, TC. Talk to you soon. That's right. That's how uh, familiar I call him TC now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Howie. Yeah, man. I'm looking for some copy here. Uh, well, I'll do it if you don't. I yes, have it right you here. Please. All right, just uh, relax, my friend. No, that's not it. Um. Well, I'm looking for it too. Okay, here we go. Uh, if you're thinking about uh, going on a trip, our airports uh, aside. Well, let me tell you, my friends, it's GigSky offering a hundred percent data plan. Maps, Uber, Instagram, WhatsApp, FaceTime. GigSky's got you covered. You can download the app today. Enter the code HF2022 for $5 off your first plan or visit GigSky.com for more information. Uh, The worldwide mobile data service with affordable rates in over 190 countries. Uh, Spencer, my youngest, has been on a GigSky safari of Europe this summer using it wherever they go right now and. I believe Amsterdam, soon to be London. Download the app today for yourself for Android or iOS. Fred? The Chamber Plan, Howard. Yeah, Canada's number one plan for group benefits in Canada for small business. Yeah, Uh, Chamber Plan. It's the leading group benefit plan for companies with, say, one to 100 employees. Go there today, chamberplan.ca. You can get a free quote, read the testimonials, all these small businesses, how it's worked for them, how it's affordable, how it's a great thing to do for your employees. You know, prescriptions and dental and all sorts of other tentacles of this thing, like, you know, travel insurance and therapies. And there's a there's now an HR component. It's all there. All, uh, several different plans, you know, depending on the level you buy into, the coverage that you get, it's doable for a small business. Yes, it is. Chamberplan.ca, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Get a free quote today. Chamberplan.ca. You know, if, if it, it's a, and again, I, our, we've got a long and rich history with Tony Clement. And again, it's uncomfortable sometimes to bring this stuff up because, well, it just is because we like him, but it's got to be done. We got to be true to ourselves and true to the situation and credit to him, him for, you know, he could just say, Hey guys, you know, I can't come on the show. keep putting it off or whatever to not have to answer those questions that we ask. And, credit to him but i'm still really skeptical sorry with this whole have you ever watched this thing all the way through though yes i I watch it again because i i i I never really i mean i was happy to mock it when it first came out and i watched 30 seconds of it but Mm -hmm. it's not like he's saying such terrible things and that's why i wanted you to put the perspective in about the guy that he went for the walk and the the trucker convoy because there's definitely an element and whether tony wants to admit it or not and even if it's just subconscious, there's an element of cozying up to some yeah. of the fringe elements. And, and, and some of that was well-intentioned, and some of it was historical legacy aggravation from the West. I get all that. But it wasn't... I watched four minutes and 30 seconds of that video. It's not so unreasonable. No, no, Howard. And no, I'm not, I don't think it's unreasonable on any level other than it seems a long way to go to try and explain your platform again. Yeah, I know. That's my problem. It's like, 
Everything needs a huge explanation. That's my problem with this because, and the pivotal word is freedom. Explain that, and then it needs a long explanation about buying a price of a, you know, young people buying houses and this and that. What's that got to do with freedom? Yeah. And, but just as a political strategy, I mean, the fact is, right. any conservative running against a, I have lost track how long Trudeau's been our prime minister, but any conservative That's running 15. against. How much? Since 2015. Okay. So some, whatever that strategy would be, it, it, it all can't be perfect. And again, I'm not a huge Polyev supporter after watching one video. I just right. watched it with an idea. Like, I kept looking for bits of audio that I could pick out that sounded ridiculous. And other than the part about banning books, which again, Tony explained, there are some legislation underway that, that he's responding to. But it, as I said when we're talking to him... If you took away the MAGA stink, it's just another yes. guy trying to be a politician. And, you know, you know, he mm-hmm. seems like a smart enough young man. No, I totally agree. And that's why I find the whole thing aggravating. I would love Pierre Polyev to be that candidate that the party so desperately needs. Yes. It's just that attachment makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Because I so despise what's going on in the United States. Any alignment with that or any flavor of that makes me uncomfortable. I just wish that I think Pierre Polyev would be fine without that stuff. Why go there? I just don't get it. And the same reason. Here's the thing. Even if he didn't go there, as you say, <laughs> any conservative politician running nationally in this country always gets some of that fringe stink yes, on them they yes, always they do, do. Mm-hmm. one of the first things and again it's strategy like i said mm-hmm. you know it's just because when, when whenever your team does something it's a good idea you know all mm-hmm. that shit mm-hmm. so they already get the left coming out and going right wing supremacy all that stuff mm-hmm. what what i think bothers you and i and again i understand it is that it's got a little bit of that maga stink on it and mm-hmm. uh, it's it makes me nervous too mm-hmm. you know um and it's too bad because not everything he's saying is wrong. No, he says a lot of right stuff. Again, adds to the aggravation. Right. Yeah. And I think we'd have a good conversation with the guy. Yeah, I do too. Uh, much like we're about to have a good conversation with this guy. As soon as we make connections, we are doing it with the, uh, the man uh, there. <laughs> Look at him. That's a nice background. Where is that? That would be uh, the oh. bridge in Porto on, uh, I think, Friday evening. A little sunset going on, obviously. And Gustav Eiffel uh, designed the the bridge. Oh, did he really? Yes. Well, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to our program. It's been too long. He's the man with the perspective. He knows uh, a lot about a lot of things. He is, of course, the retirement Sherpa. Tim.nibblet at RaymondJames.ca. Uh, I haven't really been in touch with Tim much as a uh, an announcer and golf friend. I've been mostly consulting as a uh, part-time heart specialist. <laughs> Most of our interactions the last few weeks, Timmy, have been about your heart. And then I lost track of you when you went away. Uh, so how are you, man? Yeah, uh, thanks for asking. Uh, Tony and I had a little conversation. So, Oh, look at this, Freddie. Oh, look <laughs> oh, at it's that. A, it's a theme. 
We heard it was retro uh, T-shirt day. It doesn't quite fit the same way as the day I got it, but it's still lovely. You know what? We've been getting some people on Facebook already saying we should uh, reintroduce the Humble and Fred T-shirt. Maybe that'll be a little thing for the fall campaign. Yeah, we'll talk to Freddie Ball. He's our supplier. It looks good on you. And so mm-hmm. inside, uh, we well, last we spoke of a few weeks ago, you were having some uh, arrhythmias. Your heart was racing. And now, how's that doing? Yeah, uh, marginally better. Frankly, not much. Uh, thank you for asking. I, uh, I made it there and I made it back. So those are both good things. And uh, I'm, I'm going to see the doctor, cardiologist, Monday, maybe tomorrow. But I'm still an AFib, been an AFib for weeks and weeks and weeks, elevated heart rate. Uh, I could go downhill in Lisbon, but I couldn't go up the hills. It was just too much. Uh, but, but how do you feel like, and you've described this to me, but maybe for some others listening, like, what does that feel like? Does it just feel unsettling or or you can sleep during it, I guess? Yeah. So, I mean, initially a few weeks ago, right, uh, it, it was painful. That's what precipitated me being a male actually going to the hospital to check something out but um since then there's been very little pain like the biggest manifestation is um uh, just being winded like Mm -hmm. i you know a couple days you did like eight thousand steps but they weren't all at once and they weren't too fast and they weren't Mm -hmm. uh uphill so i definitely got to deal with it like today i'm not even going to try golf because i just don't have the Mm -hmm. uh you know energy whatever to to do that I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, finished. Oh, I was just I was just going to try to be funny. I mean, not that I hit the drives that far, but I still couldn't even make it there. So okay. There well, all right. With a ticker in, in that, what if you got a hole in one? You, like it would be like ah. <laughs> That's right. I was going to say, well, that would be no worry for me. Um, uh, but Timmy, uh, but it, it, it just also you're on a vacation. You were in Paris. You're in Lisbon. It's got to be a bit unsettling. I'm I'm assuming. Um, I tried to think good thoughts. Uh, th- this time around, we're in Portugal. We did a river cruise of the Douro River, uh, which is just stunning. Like, it's just amazing. And it was a small cruise ship because it's a river. They don't have much room. Right. When mm-hmm. we went through some locks, there was like about an inch and a half to spare on either side of the, the mm-hmm. ship, right? But, yeah, they didn't exactly have a doctor nor a, a solid emergency room on the ship, so... Uh, we were taking a little bit of calculated risk, but all good. But okay. honestly, what's that like moment to moment living with that on your mind? And, and I know you try to keep it positive, but it's your heart, man. It's the it's the the organ like moment to moment. That's got to be a little unsettling until you get to the bottom of it. Oh, for sure. There's definitely some concern. Uh I was just watching my my sleep, what I was eating, how much I was drinking. Uh, right. uh, funnily, the doctors can't remember if we had this conversation, but we're really just concerned. I was taking my, you know, blood clotting meds. That's about all that mattered to them. So, well, uh, I think, uh, and, we, and this is going to tie into today's topic because I think obviously you you if you wouldn't have gone if they if they thought there was a, a real issue, they would never have let you get on the plane. Mm-hmm. And and part of what the Sherpa, um. You know, the Sherpa guide, the acronym, the A in Sherpa in the process is appreciation. And I think that's what, you know, you can you have gratitude and you have appreciation for this trip that you got to go on, even though you've had a little bit of uh, AFib. And let's talk about how that ties into how we think about money. Right. So the the Sherpa process, you know, the S is for uh, setting the goals and H having a plan and so on and 
last but certainly not least the A for appreciation, right? So as I mentioned in the email, even I, I just uh, downloaded the audio book of, uh, you guys probably remember, I think it was, God, 25 years ago, it was a huge book, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's I all small it. stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So if you think of uh, what we worry about on a daily basis, phantom mooses hitting our uh, our car or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever yes. happened and night danger and all, you know, you know things <laughs> other people do or don't do. Um, I, I've often used the metaphor of, uh, you know, people that we hang with. You, you wouldn't turn up music you don't like or turn down music you do like. I, I think we all do that. I know I do. Um, often I'll turn up the volume on something that drives me crazy and turn the volume on down on something that I'm absolutely loving and enjoying. It's funny you say that because just tying it back to golf quickly, it's, it's a weird phenomenon that we all give this energy to bad shots, men especially. Men, are, men especially are just more comfortable being angry and showing disappointment than getting excited about a good shot. And it's weird how that works. And it's, I mean, I know it's part of our survival instincts about to sort of the default is the negative. But what I think you're saying is that we, if we can appreciate and celebrate the wins we have, and we all have them, uh, it can kind of make the losses be a little more palatable. Yes? Yeah, I mean, every day. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I missed you guys just talking with you today is lots of fun, right? So, well, it has potential. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've been, uh, I've been looking forward to it and I'm enjoying it and nice to, in an indirect way, reconnect with the listeners and all. I, I mean, I think we do it with relationships. Uh, again, I, I, I know I do at times, uh, people in, in my life, perhaps people that I sleep with, uh, you know, do dumb little things that drive me crazy that really I should attach no value to and mm. do a million fantastic, phenomenal, awesome things that i just kind of take for granted right so for sure whether it's a possession or a thing or whatever we just again need to just turn the volume up on the appreciation yes uh yes very very profound and we can all learn from that i have delise bought me that book probably 20 years ago yeah we all had a copy of that yeah and uh, so much in that book that makes sense, and we tend over time to forget those little things, don't we? Uh huh. And, yeah. and it reminds me too to paraphrase. I think at uh, Winston Churchill, his his uh, one of his sayings was, um, "I've spent too much time in my life worrying about things that never happened." That's right. I think that's that's something else that we could all uh, sort of learn from. And, and having someone like you advise uh, a client's. On a very personal, very, very important thing, which is the, you know, the preservation of capital. I think with an attitude like you're espousing this morning and that you espouse, can I say espouse again? Um, when, when the markets go up and down, you can kind of have a bit more perspective on, <laughs> on things. And one of the things you've said that I really hang on to, which is you can't have average, you can't average 8% without having some years you know that are lower and some that are higher that's why they're averages they can't all be like you have a 12 and you have a four you get an eight right now yeah you know i'm trying to have a i'm trying to have a spiritual that's true though (laughs) i'm trying to have a spiritual discussion with a fellow guru no but i I, I, I will still say that efficacy was your word of the day for me (laughs) i thought that was very nicely used okay uh, thank you this morning but (laughs) yeah you know fred was mentioning i think yesterday i was trying to catch up with you guys a bit and uh you know, talking about how the markets were pretty good overall in July. 
So mm-hmm. all the things we ingested kind of personally looking at our statements for June mm-hmm. are somewhat of a non-issue now, right? That's um, right. It's still been, you know, tough year, certainly. But, yeah, so, you know, to tie it in with the money thing, uh, those numbers on a sheet of paper are just kind of numbers on a sheet of paper. They don't really exist. Uh, they do in the uh, ethereal world, but not in reality until you do something with it. Right. And um, and again, to, to, to feed off something that you've said before, it's like over the past 25 years, it's been a smash hit winner. Yeah. So. All right. Well, yeah, listen, I, I uh, right, you know, mm-hmm. we, we uh, again with the finances, people, uh, it's it's just hilarious. Like, uh, you know, somebody will be down for a month and they'll reach out or whatever. Meanwhile, in the year before their portfolio went up 200 grand or something. And I never heard a peep from them. Right. <laughs> of course not. People, people, people are the worst. So what you're saying is, if you had 16 percent one year and zero percent the next year, that would average out to eight percent. Okay, Fred, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Um, Tim Dodder, Tim Dodd Nibble at RaymondJames.ca. Uh, I will follow up with you on a personal note later. I'm going to check on you. Thank you, Doc. Check your vitals. Um, anyway, kids, uh, if you're looking for a second opinion, you know, maybe you got somebody you trust. Well, we got somebody that we trust, and we think that you should have a look. Uh, let them have a look at you. Let, let them open up your hood or whatever. Uh, Tim.nibble at RaymondJames.ca. Thank you, my friend. Stay well, and, uh, you know, watch yourself. Get her done. Get her done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, it's It's been probably about the 43rd sign that I should do a few lifestyle changes, so we're on them, and... Uh, I love the cottage show as well. That was great. And uh, great seeing you guys. Enjoy and profit. Well, listen, man. Thank you. Enjoy and you profit. God damn it. Uh, There he is, a retirement Sherpa. We're going to wait for uh, Dan Duran. We will get to some emails today as well. It's on Ontario. DraftKings Sportsbook. You can legally bet on all your favorite sports from MMA to hockey to playoff hoops and so much more. uh, To celebrate the pursuit uh, let me go to this. Get excited, Ontario. DraftKings Sportsbook is live. Go to the App Store and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to get in on all the action only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, you can check out impressive features including same-game parlays. Select a game and combine multiple bets like which team will win, goals scored, and more for a shot to win big. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Uh, As I say, download the uh, Sportsbook app now, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. And if you think you have a problem with gambling, call Connex Ontario, 1-866-531-2600, 19-plus, physically present in Ontario. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com. See sportsbook.draftkings.com for details. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Okay. D, are you all done? You have nothing left? Yeah. Lifestyle changes suck, eh? Yeah, they do. <laughs> I mean, they got to be done at some point, but I'm just, you know. Yeah. You know, you know, if you have to give up stuff you really love. Um, we haven't really talked much about Noom. I mentioned yesterday that I'd gained a couple of pounds and... You know, it's funny. I, and I had a talk with myself. I'm like, hey, it's easy to get a, it's, it's easy to get lazy about food. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I just, 
I, I have a number where I won't I won't allow myself to get up above that number, and now it's a lower number than it used to be used to be because of Noom. But I was going to share with you that it doesn't take long, you know, to gain a few pounds, and I I didn't really mean to, but I've gained a couple of three pounds in the last month or so. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit at a time. It's the same sort of sneaks mm-hmm. up on you, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I'm concerned with, too. I'm off to, uh, you know, an adventure with a couple of buddies to Baltimore, and it's Crab Fest and Naughty Bow Beer and, uh, you know, other, just other stuff you do when you're away, you know? Eating and drinking and carrying yeah. on. I'm going to have to make sure I got some walking in and some steps in. And and can I offer something, yeah. too, that I think that kind of help mitigate? Offer, yes. Is one of the things, like, I think I drink a lot. I thought I was drinking enough water. And I just sort mm. of revisited the new map yesterday yes. just to kind of look at a couple things. And I drink a lot of water on the golf course, and I walk. Mm. You know, I walked this last mm. weekend, 54 holes, 10,000, 11,000 steps a day. And I, mm-hmm. But I was eating some shitty food, you know. But mm-hmm. yesterday, I just over-indexed. I didn't golf yesterday, but I just drank a lot of water. Right. And, and sure enough, I weigh myself today, and I'm down, you know, like a pound or so, or a little bit more than I was yesterday. Right. A lot of that right. is just water weight that you carry around. Mm-hmm. So maybe during your trip, you just over, you sort of trying to mitigate the damage by just drinking a ton of water. Yes. You know? Yes, 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 yes. You know, yes. You've just got to be mindful all the time or it gets away. And again, you know, borrowing from Noom or what you've told me even prior to that, it's vital to weigh yourself every day if you can. Stay on top of it. (laughs) Stay on top. Sorry, I'm just looking over here. At uh, Stan, who's laying on the couch in our studio, Mm -hmm. and the little dog, Booby Billy, is just perched on the chair, just looking out at the world. Just Mm -hmm. dude, you know, have you ever had two dogs at the same time? Yes, yes. When I was a kid, once briefly. Me too, briefly in Calgary. I had uh, had a couple dogs for a while. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because everyone kind of kind of packs up, you know. And, and even Stan's behavior is different with another dog in the mix because, as I mentioned to you before the show, like Stan, <laughs> when we're watching Netflix at night or whatever, he's usually in his little bed, which is on the other side of the massage chair. But last night, because little booby Billy was kind of next to me, he was packing up. He wanted to be part of the group, right? It's just yes. interesting, the two of them, how they react with one another. Yes, dogs are... Uh, where would we be without dogs? Both my kids have got dogs recently, and I've like fallen hopelessly in love with them already. It's just crazy. Yeah, Doug, Dougie, and then my boy Cliff, who I love desperately. He was so sad when I was leaving yesterday. <laughs> Even when I, if Delise comes out on the deck and I give her a hug or get close to her, he walks in between me and Delise. <laughs> crazy. Do <laughs> you want to talk about jealousy? Yeah. Or if I talk to another dog, he's got his nose right, right in there. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I know you have that effect on dogs, but it's funny with Stan. He and he was like that with you a little bit at mm-hmm. the cottage um, yes. with you guys. He was he was very mindful of where I was because there was other dogs yes. around uh-huh. more so than he normally would be. In fact, he's followed me around the house the last 24 hours because he's trying to like figure out where he fits yeah. in to the dynamic of this new pack that's formed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
But a little, you know, typical little dog. I eh? like just anything that walks by it starts to bark. This high pitched bark. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's un- it's unnerving. I mm-hmm. find that irritating. That it's part. so irritating. Yeah. But she's a she's a good doggy and she's like a regular dog. She like comes up and she licks you and she fucking hangs out and shit. You know. What are you next to Dan on the other side? There's a new dog, a young dog. You you saw yeah, Kia or Kaya. something, right? Kaya, yeah. Kaya, Kaya, yeah, Hyundai. Um, <laughs> it uh, <laughs> it barks. And it's mm. funny how often I hear Dan going, Kaya, enough, Kaya, stop, Kaya. <laughs> Well, what happens next door is if they leave for the, you know, for the morning or they leave the, the dog in the uh, in the screened in room. Mm. And for this, it's a new dog. It's a year old. And it, it wants to, I guess, alert everyone so it, it can hear people walking along the road. You can't really see him. Mm-hmm. She can't really see him. Mm-hmm. So anytime she hears anything along the road, it starts a bark fest around here. <laughs> a dog being a, a dog. A dog exactly. being a dog. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it just doesn't stop until you go over and she stops. But, you know, and then, then there's another dog down the road. If th- that, this dog barks, that dog hears it and then it starts barking. And there's, there's three, four new dogs in the park this year, and they're all kind of barkers. Well, Stan anyway. loved uh, Kia or Kaya. Yep. Um, and had a great time visiting. Uh, Stan, Stan and Cliff get along nicely, although I think Stan understands that Cliff's got like a, got a sort of a slower vibe, and he, he doesn't really uh, mess with them too much. I just sent you two a picture of the uh, the two dogs sitting there quietly looking out. You know, Stan's having a nap. Billy's just checking out the world. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, Cliff rules. Yeah. Like Delise was saying that the other day, a couple other dogs came up. I don't know what to. He literally herds them away from in this case my son that's 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 literally all right yeah that wouldn't be aggravating. no that's not aggravating at all (laughs) not at all it's uh, calming sounds hysterical the thing is i'm a little bit nervous because i and 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 billy like i take stan out in the back there and let him you know roam around then i go pick up his duty but with the baby here my daughter's dog i guess my grand I'm her grandpa, P-A-W, but I'm very right. nervous. I have the little one on a leash at all times when we go back there because I don't have enough money to cover if I somehow lost the dog because mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the dog's, you know, mm-hmm. generating quite an income for itself. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little bit nervous. Yeah. And, and I was nervous last night because I, I cooked a couple little steaks in a cast iron pan and as i was washing up after dinner i was like very mindful of where the dog was because if i drop the pan the dog dies <laughs> you know <laughs> like with stan i might you know could maybe break his leg or something but if i drop that pan on billy that's the end of billy and i can't i, I can't have that conversation with my daughter honey mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. he was barking and then <laughs> so, <laughs> ah! He started to bark. I got irritated. You know, like daddy does. Yeah. Daddy. Daddy. I actually had to ask permission. I said, hey, because Charlie's pretty protective of uh, Billy's image. And um, Charlie has never um, on Booby Billy's Instagram has never associated her with Booby Billy. So there's no 
Trace and I said to Charlie, listen, if I post a picture of me and Billy, am I able to tag Billy? Is that still, is that okay? Or do you not want her associated with the Humble and Fred show? And she said, no, go ahead. And so what I did this morning is I took a picture of Billy and I with our Humble and Fred logo just to mm-hmm. see if I could generate a little juice. Because <laughs> I, I think I have uh, mm-hmm. a couple thousand followers on Instagram. Right. And the dog has 300,000 followers. Uh huh. Hang on a second. No, sorry. 275,000. Wow. Crazy. So uh, I got to be careful. Um, yeah. Anyway, she said it was okay. So I tried to like promote the show a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well done. Dan, are you uh, emotionally uh, ready for uh, another uh, episode of the news? Very excited about the news today. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I have a little story I'd like to uh, add on, Dan, if you like one of those kicker okay. stories you news guys oh, are always. Kicker. All right. Yep. All right. Okay. Friend. Here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Oh, oh. Dan Duran, the anchor man comes. As for credentials, he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang so he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now, live from inside the Dan Duran Studios uh, Lakeside here with Humble and Fred News is Dan Duran Here's some good news Cut some Norwegian cheese and keep your bones thick The scientists who study cheese, we call them cheese scientists, found a Norwegian cheese that helps you maintain bone density. Just 57 grams a day will help you with your bones. And that cheese is Jarlsberg, Fred's Mm. favorite cheese. Yeah, I love that. It's good. It's Waldwehusberg? Jarlsberg. Jarlsberg. Are they Jewish? I'm no, just, they're Norwegian. Are you not listening? Sorry. I just thought it was Jarlsberg. Do I know them? <laughs> Starts with a J, so it looks like Jarlsberg, but it's Jarlsberg. It's rich in vitamin K2. When the uh, scientists were studying this blood sample, it showed the sign, uh, key signs of bones renewing themselves after only six weeks among people who ate Jarlsberg. Jarlsberg. They hope uh, in the future the cheese could uh, stop osteoporosis and help uh, people with diabetes. More research needs to be done because it was a study with only 66 people. But Jarlsberg may be the way to go. And I was a kid. I didn't like anything to eat. I was a very picky eater, uh, which is not a good place to be in Lou Glassman's uh, family. That's my dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I really only the only cheese I would eat is Kraft Singles. <laughs> Plastic. Yeah, but that's all I could eat. And then it's funny. I can't remember when it was, but I I, um, I ended up really liking that stinky cheese, that blue cheese. Oh, yeah. I love blue cheese. And that's it's funny, odd. isn't it? I, again, because yeah. as my taste changes, I get older. It's, it's weird that I ended up liking that kind of cheese when as a kid, I wouldn't have fucking even looked at it. So Velveeta was where you were kind of at? I got, yeah, world? <laughs> that was the most adventuresome. <laughs> yeah. You know that um, uh, blue cheese, it's Renee's blue cheese dressing? Yes. I go, I go through buckets of that. Like I, I use it like mayonnaise. Or I use it like a spread. And then I always add a little sriracha to it. Mm, very nice. Oh, it's excellent. 
or or you get it and you add balsamic vinegar to it and mix it up and use it as a salad dressing um but I love it because it's got big chunks of blue cheese in it. You know, it's funny. There was that time when uh, I can't remember, I guess, at the in the craze of the Buffalo hot wings where they introduced the blue cheese as a, you know, a way to cool the wings yes. down, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's kind of when I remember. Yes. Sort of liking it. Yeah. Flipping, flipping from. Mm. Hater to well, I, I wasn't a hater. I was just a very picky eater as a kid, Dan. You know, I know you All were right. perfect and with Jesus, dear baby Jesus. Um, <laughs> but I, I was a picky eater, and then I just I said I was sort of ironic that I, as I got older, I liked really sharp, strong cheese. Yeah. Well, I mean, your taste buds probably dull up a little bit, so you're you're looking for some more flavor, and maybe that's what it is. But did you like when you were a kid? You weren't really into cheddar cheese or anything like that. You just wanted the. You didn't like melted cheddar cheese on. Uh, you know what? I, I may have, bread? Dan. I may have. Mm. You know, like wow. a grilled cheese sandwich. Yeah, I remember grilled cheese sandwiches and tomato soup. Watching the Flintstones. That's Canada. Okay, Dan, right there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Dan, I don't know why I got angry at you, but that's Canada, Dan. Right there. Well, I mean, you know, the same thing for me. And then Saturday nights watching the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner Hour with uh, Starting, sour yeah, cream, exactly. potatoes out of the pressure cooker. Yeah, uh, um, oh, with wieners. Yeah, it wasn't until I married or I got hooked up with my sweet Delise that I got adventurous with any food. Same thing, you know. It was just the straight up stuff until my first dabble in curry and then the world opened up to me. I remember when I first started working with you, you actually gave me some of your mother-in-law's curry blend. Yep. And uh, I'd never heard this phrase before. You were the one that introduced me to the idea of, you said to me, you have to fry mm-hmm. the spice into the meat mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. very carefully. Yeah. You can't burn it. And it's got to be enough that it's not chalky. It's uh, It's got to be done properly. But when done properly, there's nothing like it. Uh, Dan, do you have another story? Because I have a, a story I, I was going to send to you, but I, I, there was no time this morning. But uh, why don't you do your second story? Then I'll throw a little kicker at you. Okay, here we go. Hang on. Second story coming in. Second story coming in. Three, up, uh, yes. two. Breaking news. Dan Duran has a second story. That big sack of fat with a microphone, Alex Jones, yeah. was in court yesterday. He is defending himself in a lawsuit from a couple whose son was killed in Sandy Hook. Of which Jones, uh, just using, just asking questions to claim it was a hoax, uh, has put them through hell because of his uh, big reach and people who wanted to, uh, you know, make like difficult for the couple. Anyway, <clears throat> he uh, he went to court and uh, he appeared in court, and of course, walking into the courthouse, he uh, he said that the judge was a liar. She lied and said we need to give them the discovery so she can have a show trial and tell the jurors eight times I've seen her, this man's guilty. So all of your rights to due process and trial by jury is being destroyed here in Austin, Texas. Austin is the second most famous city. And he goes on and on and on. But can you imagine walking into a courtroom with a judge right around the corner telling her that uh, she's a liar? And ironically, (laughs) inside... Uh, things didn't really go well for Jones. A lot of back and forth. And when the uh, jury was out, she had to tell him, you may not say to the jury that you've complied with discovery. That is not true. You may not say that you are bankrupt. That is not true. And uh, then she went over uh, the whole concept of lying with him. You're already under oath to tell the truth. 
You've already violated that oath twice today in just those two examples. It seems absurd to instruct you again that you must tell the truth while you testify. (laughs) Yet here I am. You must tell the truth while you testify. This is not your show. Mm -hmm. You need to slow down and not take what you see as opportunities to further the message you're wanting to further. Right. And instead, only answer the specific and exact question you have been asked. <laughs> so, and it went on from there. There's other clips out there on the internet about him. She asked him to stop chewing gum because you weren't allowed to chew gum in the or food in the, in the courtroom. And he said he wasn't chewing gum, that he was uh, wiggling his tongue over a tooth that was removed recently and wanted to show her where... <laughs> Right. You know, I don't want to see your mouth in 1988 or 87, whenever it was the fairness doctrine, Ronald Reagan enacted this thing where you didn't have. We've talked about this. You didn't have to have any checks and balances. And this spawned Rush Limbaugh. And this is the result of it. Of all the pieces. But this even goes further, Howard, because that was on the public airwaves. Alex Jones is taken. Yeah. You know, no, I mean, that's inner, what I was going to say. This is yeah. sort of the demon spawn. Yeah. This is the result of all the big pieces of shit mm-hmm. floating around the culture that we're in. Hang yeah. on a second. Not irritating at all. Fantastic. No, it's a smooth should have it for your uh, meditation in the evening. No, exactly. That, that dog barking is making more money than I am. So, I'm just going to read you something. Um, Scarlett Lewis is one of the... Billy! Scarlett Lewis is one of the moms whose six-year-old was killed. Shot in the head. Mm -hmm. A Mm six-year-old. And uh, yesterday, she got to look Alex Alex Jones in the face. And this is sort of the closest that I've seen to somebody actually confronting these people right in their faces she said and they uh, was a victim impact statement she said i know i know you she's responding to uh she tells alex jones that she knows he didn't believe she was actually a deep state actor because for people who don't know he said those kids at sandy hook were just actors it was a false flag this is part of the conspiracy world and that all the parents and the kids were just acting she says, I know you know that. That's the problem. I know you know that, but you keep saying. You keep saying it. Having a six-year-old shot in the forehead in his classroom is unbearable. And then to have someone on top of that perpetuate a lie, that it was a hoax, that it didn't happen, that, was it, that it was a false flag, that I was an actress. And she said to him, do you think I'm an actress? And I just love that. She got to look him right in the fucking face and say, do you think I'm an actress, Alex Jones, you fat fucker? Like how and then there's a a dad how the dad didn't leap across the courtroom and strangle this pig is beyond me. But I just love that, you know, because oftentimes we fantasize about the retribution of, you know, finally the truth coming out. But in this one instance, in this courtroom in Austin yesterday, at least if somebody was paying attention, they'd know that this guy was getting his comeuppance, at least from the mother of one of the kids that was shot. Mm hmm. 
you know um you you talk about being able to confront her it's you ever notice that sean hannity tucker carlson guys of that ilk they never go like on sort of independent panels for discussions you know how they protect themselves they only interview people that agree with them they never take phone calls if they do it's screened agreeing with them and it's so obvious and again the people that buy into this stuff do you never notice that that these people never ever ever put themselves in a position to be questioned a position of of accountability there's no accountability well because they can't answer the questions that would be asked of them you know and that's why if pierre poliev came in our show i would love that because you know answer you know will you answer the the obvious questions that need to be asked and that's what you know you made that point with alex jones actually having to deal with somebody confronting her and challenging him those those coward fucking prick pigs don't ever put themselves in that position and the only reason he did is he's being sued for 150 million and this fucking weasel Mm -hmm. declared bankruptcy and and the judge is not letting that slide it's all just so slimy but the last thing she says is the part that i really like she says it seems so incredible to me that we have to do this this is the mother of a kid that got shot in the fucking face she says that we have to implore you not just implore you, punish you to get you to stop lying. And the final thing she says mm-hmm. is chilling. She says, it's surreal what's going on in here. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine your kid gets shot at school and nine and a half years later, you're, you're in a courtroom. That's what she said. It's surreal that this is happening to have to con- have a conversation with you that you've been saying it was a fake and a hoax all these years. And you knew it wasn't. It's like those Mm -hmm. fucking anti-collection people. They know it wasn't stolen. Mm -hmm. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's uh, it's pretty it's pretty uh, wacky. And, you know, Tony touched on it, too. You know, you know, Puliev and those they disagree with Bill C-11 and everything. This is why we need a Bill C-11, guys like Alex Jones and anybody like them in Canada. They, they're they the ones that are going to be responsible for Internet regulation. Yeah. The very people that push back against it are the people responsible for it. A thousand percent agreements. The guy yeah. that we used to have on our show talking to some figure skater about people mm-hmm. dying from being vaccinated is fucking exactly why you need some regulations. And you're talking about Richard Surratt. Yes, He's a I creep. Am. I'm sorry. He used to be on our show, but the man is a creep. And 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 again, just feeding that furnace of misinformation and conspiracy. And I guess because he thinks there's money to be made that way in Canada. I don't know. I think in Richard's case, he actually believes it. But I would just say to him, and he's a moron. Well, exactly. Show me one person. Mm-hmm. Bring a person's family who yes. died from the vaccine. And then I'll shut up. Well, or, or Richard, come on our show. I keep I've asked him several times, but all of a sudden now, no, I can't. He, he can't find the time. Why? Because he doesn't want to answer the questions we would ask him. And I also That's think why. I also think too. He knows now because we used to also treat him pretty. We were pretty kind and easy, and didn't really confront him too much. But uh, um, but let's not uh, finish on a down note. Dan, do you mind if I pop in with a? A third uh, news story? 
No, from Cub Reporter Howard Glassman, we have this latest breaking, interesting lifestyle capper. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. Over here on the uh, news desk, uh, I've been following the story. This came to us, uh, Fred, from one of our friends, Mike McCulf, who uh, we went to oh, a yes. baseball game with a few weeks ago. I had a great time. Uh, Florida man. The headline, Dan, Florida man. Florida says, man. Florida man says syringes found in his rectum aren't his. <laughs> <laughs> Deputies say a man had three syringes in his rectum. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay, hang on a second. This is where is that coming from? Is that coming? Sorry, I'm getting. Uh, okay. Damage was so severe. Investigators haven't released hold any on, details on. about the driver. But I apologize. Okay. Um, now I can't get to the story because it's playing a video. But just apparently, he had three syringes in his bum. Are you guys still there? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I thought the audio. We're, we're, we're waiting for the punchline. Well, no, there's no punchline. What, how do you? Okay. Need, what is the punchline's a story? The, the, the punchline. Yeah. Heart. There's th- okay. thyringe, okay. thyringes. Thyringes mm-hmm. in my bum. <laughs> um, West, deputies say a man uh, had three syringes. Above. Wesley Scott pulled the syringes from his. When Wesley Scott, forty, pulled the syringes from his rectum, deputies said Scott told them they they were not his and. He didn't know how they got there. And he'd been arrested on a drug charge. Drug charge. And that's all the story there is. The judge charge, the drug charge was... uh, He had a a drug charge from another time. That's why they pulled him in there. Oh, it wasn't because of the needles that were in his arms. No, (laughs) sir. I guess he... That that might have been a chargeable offense. Yeah, but were the needles still part of the syringes? Like, the the syringe... Like, like, how... The point... I doesn't... This colon. Well, that's the thing. They weren't the needly part. They were just the syringes... Right. ...that were containing the drugs. Mm. Yes. So, one of those things, Mm. we've all been... Hey, we've all been there. We're about to be arrested (laughs) on drug charges, and what do we do... Dan, you're the one who taught me stick the drugs in your bum. I never forgot right. that lesson, Dan. <laughs> put the uh, put the cap back on. Make sure yeah, you Dan. You said don't put the pointy part in there, Howie. Right. Let's That's do a little humble and Fred roundtable. We'll go around the table now. What is the craziest thing you've ever had up your arse? Word? <laughs> uh, corn on the cob. <laughs> Dan. <laughs> Come uh, on. 12, a 12 volt drill. Ah, I was getting exactly. And remember that time we pulled a muffler, an old muffler out of your asshole. Oh, yeah. uh, That's right. Freddie, yeah, what about, about you? That. What's the craziest thing you've ever had up your rectum? A stubby. Mm-hmm. Ooh, a nice one. Old, uh-huh. a lot, well, yeah. like a Molson, right? A stubby. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I, listen, we, and, we, and it's a good thing it's the end of the show because we're going to need extra time to find out because this guy's probably had no end of. Uh, hey, Mike Catrano, Mike is here. Mike, what's the craziest thing you've ever had in your rectum? I did uh, four syringes once. Oh, you oh. did a four ball. Oh, right. Yes. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought you were going to tell us the time you had Always a pin- one better, right, yeah. Mikey? Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to tell us about the time you had a pinata up there and you took it to a birthday party and you had the kids beat on your asshole until all the candy came out. <laughs> Welcome back, guys. Hey! <laughs> you must be exhausted. Uh, long week for you this week. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Mike, you sort of got to ramp up slowly. Eh, to get That's better. right. Uh, we're doing two shows this week and then two next week and then the week off and then we're back to sort of a... Um, Mike, I was... Uh, did you hear the nice things we said about you? 
Oh uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much. I love uh, when you say nice things about me. Now, I know you do. That, that is a that whole like podcast award. It's a very secretive society. Who knows who's voting? Who knows who's in charge? It could be so. What did you chorus for all you know? Yeah. What did you submit us for, and in what categories? Well, everything that made sense. So I actually, so I, I did yours, mine, uh, Hebsey's, for example. Who didn't? Yeah. So the only show under the TMDS umbrella that got nominated is the great Larry Fedorik, who got nominated. And again, taking nothing away from Larry or Paul, right? uh, Romanuk, who got. Romanot got nominated for a couple of things for his podcast. That's great. The Beatles one? Yeah. yeah. Oh. The Walrus so, was Paul, yeah. They're more niche than us. Like, yes. you, know, you guys are more of a variety show. Yes. Okay. Like, so I would submit you for best hosts. I would submit like you for Smothers best Brothers. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, Sonny and Cher. Like Wade and Schuster. Yeah, Sunny and Cher. So, so who, did, who did get nominated in categories that Humble and Fred would be in then? Great question. Great question. Yeah, a podcast that you, Dan, have never heard of. I don't have the list in front of me, but, uh, you know, like, I looked at who did get nominated that we know of. So, like, I know Alan Cross got nominated for Of Encore course, of course. So that was yeah. in the music category with Romy. Uh, Larry does well in the, uh, like, the personal journals, like, talk, tell, talking about your life. He, he dominates that category. Mm-hmm. He won his, his last podcast. I was eight. He won in that category. So I actually half suspect that Larry Fedorik is behind the Canadian podcast awards. Like he's the guy who makes, he's, he well, I wish he would, to give himself. Uh, yeah. I wish he would uh, just, you know, it would be nice if there was some acknowledgement of the fact that we've been doing this so long and we're just, I don't know. Like I was going to ask you guys a question when I was doing my little COVID bit. What do you think will happen first? One of us gets COVID or we get nominated for a podcast award. Remember, I'm in that club too. Uh, both of those clubs, like I've never been nominated for one of these awards, but I've also never had COVID, so I'm in the same boat as you three. I appreciate that, Mike. <laughs> but you're also a younger man. We haven't got as long as you do. So I'm not saying podcast awards. Okay, no, go ahead, Dan. I was just going to ask: Do the podcast awards have anything to do with uh, how many listeners that anybody no, has, no, or no, is it no, more no, just no. about like content? Just, oh. Anyone can create an account and. And nominate podcasts. So I literally just go through and nominate a bunch of stuff just so, just in case. Like, it's one of those things, the way I look at it, like when you're nominated, you make a bunch of noise and it's the big fucking deal. Like, hey, we were nominated, we're the mm. best. But when you're not nominated, you just ignore and move on, like, because nobody knows what it means anyway. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll get the Lifetime Achievement Award someday. Huh? Mm, there's a lifetime of uh, contributions. You know, like Derringer got at the Radio Awards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what if I can ever happen to that story? Yeah, that story's paralyzed. Like, it's just frozen. Um, I got asked no about word. it. Yeah, it's funny. I got asked about it for the first time in a while. Some point in the last couple of weeks, and I, I didn't know the answer. I think the last I'd heard was that Derringer was suspended with pay. Although right. that other guy, Garbit, Garbit? Yeah. I saw him tweet Johnny? something, Mike, um, recently. I, I don't... I don't know him, but the response to his tweet I thought was interesting because most people were like, hey, man, can't wait to hear you back on the air. And I was mm-hmm. like, what? Back on the air? Maybe like, somewhere else. Well, no, I mean, they, they was almost like people didn't seem to understand that he was part of the triad of uh, fucking despicable doom or whatever. Mm-hmm. There was an update from Jackie Delaney. Uh, on Facebook where she said and and I don't know I haven't corroborated this but this is what Jackie Jackie said that she understands Derringer's getting like a multi-million dollar settlement to not 
talk about it, like not to throw management under the bus and all this stuff. This is from Jackie, but she put this on Facebook. So he's going to get a lot of money to go away and never, ever discuss what happened at Chorus. Which is okay. Like, but people know what happened at Chorus. And that's what I said to my wife the other day when she was asking about it. I said, you know, everything aside, because people, I guess, want more punishment or whatever. I said, all the punishment is now, you know, online. Look at that legacy. You um, uh, Google John Derringer and there's your legacy. It's not nice. Yeah, okay. But it it seems sort of shitty and cowardly that... You know, he's going to walk away. I mean, who knows? We, it's all speculation. He's going to walk away with a bunch of money anyway. Can I say something right now? Um, it's 931. I have a 10 o'clock appointment. Oh, shit. How did it Mike get to be 931? Mike has agreed to you give him the numbers and post the show. Okay, well, then just go. I have to dash. Damn, man. You don't tell a guy before the show I got to dash at night. Well, I never thought we'd be going on till 930. Well, because it's there. We've only been two fucking shows this week. I know, but 930... All right. Well, that's enough. Well, we don't um, have, Okay. Well, now we got to go. And we got emails we'll do next week. And uh, I got some other stuff. We didn't even talk about the Pope coming to Canada and fucking the Boone. emails are piling up, guys. Piling up. Uh, Boone, quickly, who's on our show next week? All right. Glad you're asking. I know. I, can, I remember Hebsey's Wednesday, so the great Mark Hebsher's Wednesday. And Tuesday, there's a woman who's associated with Tennis Canada and is a friend with yes. Jeff Lumby. And I've you know met what? her. Stacey Allister. The first woman to ever be president of the uh, the U.S. Federation of Tennis, whatever that's called, and is the was the tournament director at the U.S. Open, and she's an amazing uh, fr- uh, friend of Lumby's. But again, I've met her; she's a very impressive uh, human being. And just given the Order of Canada, that's Tuesday's show. Have a great weekend, everybody! And see this ya. episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Health Gauge, GoDaddy, and DraftKings. Email us humble and fred at humble and fred radio.com like and subscribe for humble and fred i'm dan duran and i hit a deer once i'm okay join <laughs> us next week fred's gotta go <laughs> no way so a deer is the biggest thing you pulled out of your ass <laughs> <laughs> that was a good drum break Pick yourself up off the side of the road with the elevator balls and you with flash tones. Members only hypnotizes move through the room like amulets.